We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Take your Bibles, turn with me to the book of John this morning. We'll be in chapter 14 in just a second. As you're turning, thank you for uh, being faithful to God's house today. Yvonne mentioned we have a lot of folks that are on the road today. Pray for them. They'll be back next week. God will uh, do a work in our lives next Sunday. I know there's some folks in the room this morning who like dogs, some who like cats. So did you hear about the German shepherd, the Doberman, and the cat that stood before God when they died? God said to each one of them, I need to know what you believe. The German shepherd said, I believe in discipline, training, and loyalty to my master. God said, you can sit on my right hand. The Doberman said, I believe in the love and care and protection of my master. God said, you can sit on my left hand. And the cat, when God asked him what he believed, said, I believe you're sitting in my chair. (laughs) You have to be a cat owner, I guess, to appreciate that. Never had one, so I don't know. This morning we're talking about the expectations of kingdom living. This is the third message in the series. We've already talked about the fact that that few hours of time between the Last Supper and the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus poured unspeakable truths into his disciples. You'll find those truths in John chapter 14 through 17. I've encouraged you to read all three of those chapters again and again, and I'll encourage you to do so again this week and see what the Spirit of God speaks to you. In this period of time, Jesus taught without the use of parables, no hyperbole, no stories. It was plain spoken, very easy to understand truth that he imparted to his followers. Things he really wanted them to get and understand. And he talked about expectations of kingdom life. And he talked about the promises, the fulfillment, the joy that will come from kingdom life. We already talked about the fact that when He set this out for us. He said, we need to live in unity with one another and with the Father. Then last week, we talked about the fact he said, you need to live in obedience. If you love me, keep my commands. Five times he made that statement in those three passages of Scripture. Today, I want to talk to you about the fact that he said, if you love me and keep my commands, then you will be guided by the Spirit of truth. Look with me at John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. If you love me, keep my commandments. I'll pray the Father, he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Five times he referenced truth in these three passages of Scripture. You'll find it again in chapter 15, verse 26, where he said these words, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Again in chapter 16, verse 13, you'll find these words, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. And then you find it one more time in chapter 17, verses 17 and 18, when he talks about the power and the effect of truth. 
praying for not only his disciples in this moment, but for you and I by extension, he says these words. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by truth. Sanctified is a good King James word, isn't it? But if you look at the actual translation from the Greek and put it in today's terms, it means purify them. Take the stain away. Make them like me, pure and holy and spotless. So when we consider the fact that Jesus said, the spirit of truth will come to you and that spirit will sanctify you, he's telling us it's by the Holy Spirit that we move into a relationship of purity and holiness and righteousness in the kingdom of God. Some of you who were in the live dead class last month and you're still there uh, now because Doug Apple has continued that teaching. Some of you subscribe to the 365 day devotional you can buy it for 97 cents at christianbook.com. And some of you are reading it every day as I am. There was a nugget from that devotional a couple of weeks ago, and it said, we bless the righteous when we pour truth into their ears. I like that. We bless the righteous when we pour truth into their ears. How many want to be blessed this morning? Then open your heart and receive the truth of God's Word. Understand what God is saying to you and I. Let it bless you in this room this morning. So we ask ourselves today, when we read about the spirit of truth and being sanctified by truth, we have to ask the question, what is truth? Is truth relative or is truth absolute? Is truth vital or is truth unimportant? What does the Bible say about truth is what we want to address this morning. So many people are skeptical about anyone's claims to truth with a capital T, about absolutes in today's society. And because of the atmosphere of distrust that permeates so many, some have given up on the search for truth altogether. They've declared there is no truth. Truth is what I say it is. Truth is what I embrace. Truth is what I believe. So truth really isn't challenged. The problem is, when we come face to face with absolute truth, which we know as the Word of God, it confronts our lifestyles. It confronts our opinions. It confronts our belief systems. It confronts the way we live our lives every single day. Listen, we've even come to the place in society where truth has become hate speech because it doesn't fit with what I believe. Think about that for just a moment. Digest that. Let it soak down into your, into your system. One philosopher, Roger Scruton, has wrote, wrote it this way. All discourse and dialogue depend, depend on the concept of truth. To agree with another is to accept the truth of what he says. To disagree is to reject it. In other words, he's saying this. We can't even have a conversation with each other without truth being a factor. Without the notion of truth being there. If someone says you're lying, they're supposing there is truth that contradicts your statement. Truth is a part of our daily conversations. To say that I'm wrong or to say that I'm mistaken is saying there is a truth that contradicts what I've said or what I've done. We understand truth is very disputed territory today. And to call an answer true is to imply that other answers are false. 
This always gets into our business. This always comes to that rub in our lives. If that's true and I'm not living by it, then something is wrong in me. Something isn't right in me. It's no wonder tempers flare. It's no wonder emotions become a part of discussions when we talk about truth. We can say, well, what does it really matter? Truth is what I believe it to be. Truth is what I embrace. Truth is what I want. But does that really change the fact that there's still truth? Does the fact that we deny truth change the fact that truth really does exist? So what does the Bible say about it? That's what I really want to know. That's what you should really want to know as well. It might surprise you that the question, what is truth, is actually found in the Scripture. You'll find it in the book of John, chapter 18, verse 37. Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate. And Pilate said, they say you're a king. What do you say? Jesus said, for this end was I born, for this cause came I into the world, that everyone who knows me will know truth and will follow truth. And then Pilate said, but what is truth? What is truth? He didn't understand truth was standing right before him. Truth had just spoken to him. Truth was looking him in the eye. He didn't understand truth is not a fact. Truth is not, a, is not an ideology. He didn't understand truth was not a doctrine or a belief. Truth is a person whose name is Jesus Christ. He didn't understand that. But the Bible says truth is a person, not just an abstract idea or a philosophical puzzle. Truth is Jesus. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 14, verse 6, to his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said, I am the truth. In John chapter 1, verse 14, John wrote it this way, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, listen to it, full of grace and truth. Jesus is truth. In John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus said it this way, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That's a powerful statement. We all love it. We want to celebrate it. But here's what we miss. For the truth to set us free, we have to release the lies that have bound us. We have to release the philosophies that have held us. We have to release the actions, the ideology that has separated us from the truth. Can the truth set us free? Absolutely. But we have to release all that is not truth in order to walk in that freedom and liberty. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. If we were to be very honest this morning, every person in this room, no exceptions. I know there's a few of you that always think you're the exception. No exceptions. Everyone in this room would have to confess, my life is marred. I've made mistakes. I haven't always been right. Sometimes by deceit, falsehood, sometimes simply through ignorance. We've departed from truth in our actions and in our thoughts. So every one of us in this room have to say, I need a confrontation with the truth, who is Jesus Christ. I need to stand before him and look him in the eye and understand he is truth. Now here's the rub. How is it 
that someone who's been exposed to the truth, come here, Jason, someone that has stood face to face with truth, someone that's looked truth in the eye, heard the voice of truth, can identify with the truth, that says, I'm on the side of truth. How is it that someone can do that and then drift away to the point where truth no longer is relative? Truth no longer matters. Truth's no longer important. You see, the further we get from the source of truth, the further we get away from the truth. The more our lives are impacted and influenced by those around us. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. By drifting away from the spirit of truth, our opinions become our truth. Our philosophies become our truth. Our ideologies become our truth. Our culture becomes our truth. Our government becomes our truth when we drift away from the spirit of truth. What did Jesus say? He said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Not only that, he's going to teach you. He's going to bring all things to your remembrance. He's going to reveal my will to you. You see, it's imperative that we stay next to, hooked up with, a part of Holy Spirit. Because it's his ministry to reveal truth in our life, to correct us when we're wrong, and bring us back to where God wants us to be. You see, when, when I gave you that illustration, one thing I didn't say, the reason so many people drift away from truth is because they get offended. They get their feelings hurt. Well, that happened to me in that church, and I guess I'm not going back. Can you just get over yourself? Come on, can you just forgive those folks? Can you just understand the church is a flawed organization because you and I are a part of it? And as long as we're walking in flesh, breathing air, offense will occur. But it's the better man, the better woman who says, I choose to forgive and move on. I choose to forgive and forget. I choose to forgive and reconcile. I choose to forgive and renew that destroyed, broken relationship because that's what truth does for you and me. See, truth won't leave us in our pity party. Truth won't leave us in our error. Truth won't leave us steeped in false doctrine. Truth will not allow us to stay where we were, but the spirit of truth draws us, leads us, guides us, teaches us, reveals to us all that God wants us to be. That's why I say to you almost every week, you're not going to leave here like you came in. You're going to leave changed. Because the spirit of truth will encounter you and bring you to a new place in God. You see, that's what the gospel is all about. We have things mixed up and confused. The gospel is about Jesus Christ bringing change into our lives. Isaiah 59 is a very interesting passage of scripture. Verses 1 through 13, the prophet laments the fact there's no justice in Israel. No justice can be had. And then in verse 14 of Isaiah 59, he pins these words. There's no justice because truth has fallen in the streets. Look around you at our culture. Ask yourself, are we living in that place where truth has fallen in the streets? All of those who are going to help me with the illustration, would you please come to the platform right now very quickly? He says, there is no justice in our culture, no justice in our land, because truth has fallen in the streets. 
The further we get from the source, the less we understand truth. The further we walk away, the less we understand truth. Slide on down this way so you're all in the light, please. Louie and Jason, help me position them. Get them all in the light. Thank you. So we need to understand truth is not relative. Truth is not subject to my opinion. Truth does not bow to my hurts or grievances, but truth ever remains the same. I could talk to you about this, but I thought it'd be better just to demonstrate it to you. What truth really is. All these people have no idea what they've gotten themselves into. I recruited them, met with them in the green room, gave them very little detail. You can tell by the looks of their face, some are really, really nervous about what we're going to do right now. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to close our eyes, right? Everybody close your eyes. Nobody looking around. Nobody looking to the left or to the right. And they're given a charge to mimic what the person behind them does. Now, guys, if you'll step to the side so everybody can see them. Yvonne, please go ahead. Yvonne, would you come down to Eddie and show him what you actually did? <laughs> now, Eddie, will you do again what you just did? <laughs> do you see my point? The further you get away from the source, the more distorted things become. The further you get away from the truth, the more distorted things become. See, that's why Jesus said, the spirit of truth will guide you. Thank you. You can be seated. Would you give him a hand? What a great job. No one was harmed or injured in this skiff. That's why Jesus said, the spirit of truth will guide you. He will teach you. He will lead you. He'll reveal the future, the things of my will to you. Do you understand how imperative it is that if we're true believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're not following culture, we're not following human, humanistic thinking, we're not following the latest trend, we are following the Spirit of truth who is the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit won't take us from riding a motorcycle to jumping up and down. Come on, he doesn't do that. If we're following the Holy Spirit, we're doing the same thing on this end that we're doing on that end. Somebody say amen. It doesn't become convoluted. It doesn't become corrupted. It doesn't become polluted because we understand he does one thing. He glorifies Jesus. He reveals him to me. He gives me the power to do the same thing to those around me. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will lead you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. He will teach you all things I've commanded to. My interpretation, my observation, my opinion doesn't matter. 
because I'm following the Spirit of truth. I'm following Holy Spirit who always reveals Jesus Christ. So let me boil this down. And let me ask you these questions. There are so many truths in the Word of God. So many things Jesus said to us. You remember last week he said, if you love me, keep my commands. Well, what are his commands? Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. Are you following that truth? Are you following that truth? Are you doing what he's asked you to do? In Mark chapter 10, I believe it is, Jesus had an encounter that we know as the story of the rich young ruler. Listen, this isn't a parable. This is an actual encounter. A young man came to him and said, Master, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? You know what he's saying? He's saying, I want to know what truth is. Tell me what truth is. And what did Jesus say? Obey the commands. And the young man said, I've done all these since I was a boy. Then Jesus said, there's just one thing you lack. Go sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Come follow me. The Bible says he went away sad because he had a lot of stuff. Listen to me. We can allow the Holy Spirit to guide us if our stuff gets in the way. I'm not suggesting you go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. I'm suggesting that the Spirit of truth has preeminence over everything you have. Over every possession, every ideology, every dream, every hope, every ambition. He leads you. He guides you. He is first and foremost in your life. There's a lot of truths that we need to listen to. And he guides us through them. But then when I jump to the end of Jesus' life, after he's died, risen from the dead, he spends another 50 days with the disciples, on and off, intermittently. And during that time, he gives them some more nuggets. One of those nuggets we know is the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18, where he said to them, go into all the world, and the word translated world there, excuse me, go into all the nations, nations. The word translated nations in that passage is ethnos. Ethnos literally means races. Go to every race, every language group, every person who has different color of skin than you have. Go to every ethnos group, every race and preach Jesus Christ, baptizing them in my name, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then in Mark 16, 15, he said it this way, go into all the world, and the word translated world is cosmos. It means all of God's creation, everything that we see on this planet. Go into all the world, all the cosmos. So first he says, go to every people and every race. Then he says, go into all the world. Leave no one untouched. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says it again in a slightly different way. He said, you receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The word earth translated there literally means globe. And it means every inhabited space on the planet. So it said go to every people and race, every language group, every skin color, every ethnicity. Go into all the world and then go into every inhabited place. He covers the basis with that command. And our command is to follow him. To do what he's asked us to do. Unfortunately, 
When I look at the church, this is the one area where we really drop the ball. We're happy with us four and no more. We love the crowd that comes on Sunday. Why do we need anyone else? My goodness, they might sit in my seat. I pray every morning, God let somebody sit in somebody's seat. Rile them up. Let them sit in their seat. Open our eyes so we understand this is bigger than you or me. If we are guided by the Spirit of truth, Holy Spirit, then we have to understand our responsibility to go into all the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The last thing Jesus told his disciples before he ascended into heaven. If it's the last thing, it must be pretty important. It must be at the top of God's priority list. It must be center on God's radar if it's the last thing Jesus said. And it is. He said, you'll receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth, every inhabited place on this planet. Be my witness. Be my witness. You know, I look around in our church this morning, and I see people from all nations gathered here. I see people who are first or second generation in the United States, and they're a part of our church. I see people who have walked in these doors and heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, and their life has been radically transformed and changed. You know, over the last 30 years of pastoral ministry, I've been, had the opportunity to go to dozens of countries and preach the gospel. I've stood in places where a white man has never stood. I had people gaze at me like I was their worst nightmare because they'd never seen anyone that looked like me. And I've seen those same people respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ because their entire life they've been looking and searching for something that has hope and reality and truth and transcends today. That truth is Jesus. You see, church, God has called you and me to take the gospel to all the ethnos, every race. To take the gospel to all the world, everything on this planet. And to take the gospel to all the earth, every inhabited spot on this globe. The truth, the message, Jesus Christ is the King. Matter of fact, right now I want you to help me because I want you to see this, how it plays out right here at Christian Heritage. I want you to see it's happening every day. If you're here in this room this morning, and you're first or second generation in the United States, maybe you're from the Caribbean, maybe you're from Latin America, maybe you're from Africa, maybe you're from Asia, maybe you're from Europe, but if you're first or second generation, would you stand right where you're at? If you're first or second generation, stand right where you're at. Now, as you're standing, I want you to step out and move to the front. If you're first or second generation, step out and come right now. All of you in the back, come on. Step right down here and come. If you're first or second generation here in the U.S., step out and come. First or second generation. Others? First or second generation here in the U.S. Anyone else? This is about half what I anticipated because of our Thanksgiving crowd. But still, I want you to see that every ethnos 
is represented. The world is represented. Every place on the globe is represented with these individuals. As a matter of fact, I want you to hear it directly from their own lips, if you would please. Hubert, would you tell us where you are from? I'm from the Virgin Islands. Virgin Islands. Indonesia. Indonesia. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Dad was born in Panama. Panama. Cuba and Colombia. Cuba and Colombia. Hungary. Hungary. El Salvador. El Salvador. Mexico. Mexico. India. India. Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic. Ireland. 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 Across the globe, people are represented in this church because we have the responsibility. Thank you. You may be seated. Give them a hand, would you please? We have the responsibility to take the gospel to every ethnos, every place on the earth, and every inhabited place on the planet. That's what God is calling you and I to do. Psalm chapter 2, verse 8, the psalmist writes this way. Ask of me, and I will give you the heathen for thine inheritance, the uttermost parts of the world for your possession. I don't know about you, but I ask every day, God, would you please expand the doors of this church? Would you please expand our reach? Many of you may not know it, but I get messages every week from around the world. People that are watching online or go back and watch the videos later in the week after they're posted. I get messages from across the continent of Africa, throughout South America and Latin America. I get messages from people in Asia who are telling me they're watching, their lives are being changed because there is a church who's determined to follow the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth says to you and I today, go into all the world, all the ethnos, and preach the gospel to every nation, every people group, every individual. Mark, would you come at this moment, please? I'm setting this up to help you understand a very important truth, that we are on the verge and getting ready to do something that's very, very unique, hadn't been done since 1976 with this church, and we're going to rebrand this church. And the brand we're going to use, you'll remember that we put a committee together a year ago. You'll remember we asked you to submit names in the spring. We've been praying about it, seeking God. And the brand we're going to use, Mark's going to tell you about it, is All Nations Church. And that's what we're going to be known as after December 22nd. Go ahead, Mark. So far, so good. <laughs> good morning, CHC. Well... All nations, how about that? Good morning, all nations. Back early this year, I think it was January, February, um, pastor's been talking about this for quite a while, this, this whole uh, name change. And, and why, why a name change? Um, did you want me to get in that too, or are you going to go ahead? Okay. Um, I don't have to tell you we have a long history, well, let's say the last 10 years, let's just go ahead and be upfront. We've talked about this, there was a church split, you know that, that was 10 years ago, if you realize, 10, in 2009, December 2009. There was a lot of hurt, and there's still a lot of hurt today. Now, about a year or so ago, corporately, you know, we, we also, we forgave, or let's say, we ask God for forgiveness 
for the bitterness in our hearts, for the people who left and what happened, previous leadership. We've had numerous conversations about this in leadership, on the board. Uh, this has been something that's um, really bothered Pastor and Yvonne for quite a while. They didn't have anything to do with it. They weren't even here, you know, but, um, but they're having to deal with the aftermath. And Pastor will tell you there's not a week that goes by. He meets somebody here in Tallahassee and they say, oh, I used to go to Christian Heritage Church. Yeah, and, right? You guys know that? You guys know some people? Used to go to Christian Heritage Church. Now, a name for a church it's not so much for us. We're not worshiping a name of a church, okay? That's for the outside, okay? It's just a way for people to identify us. That's it. That's, that's it. But if we're going to do this, you know, we're going to break that, that you know, just, just the name association. We're not breaking away from our heritage that's in Christ, Okay, that's first and foremost. Just like Pastor said, we are following truth. And one thing he has always said, we want to follow what God is doing. And this is what God's doing. He's been leading us to, to go on mission trips, to support missions throughout the world. Okay, and that's really what, really who, what God is, you know, saying who we are. Now, in this, with this um, committee that we put together, now, Carlos was another board member, Carlos Butts. He joined me on that, on that committee with Sally Higgins. Sally, stand up, please. I want to call your name. Okay. Um, Calvin Ross. Okay. Brandy Willis. And Celine Delacruz. I haven't seen Celine this morning. Huh? She's not here. Okay, she's not here. Um, now, there was not 100% agreement on everything. There's not going to be. There's not going to be 100% agreement on anything. There wasn't 100% agreement when pastor became pastor of the church. Okay? But, you know, but generally there was agreement on the following. Thank you, guys. You can go ahead and sit down. Um, the key recommendations that came out of this was family and diversity. Because they're seeing the same thing. Just, just when you saw the, the people up here today, and like pastor said, that's probably, you know, that's way on the low side. We, we definitely have a, a light attendance this morning, which, which is understandable. But they also said, as whatever name we decide upon, it should focus on Jesus and his commands. What did he just say about the Great Commission? Right? Um, go out into all the world. The Great Commission. No traditional names like First Pentecostal Church of Tallahassee, things like that. No traditional and no trendy names. You know, the most awesome church ever, the whatever. You know. um, additional themes were unity, fellowship, and nations actually came out of that. So we, you know, and remember too, we also mentioned this um, you know, some, some of these uh, uh, recommendations from the group, a couple months later, and then we even took recommendations from everybody. We, you know, pastor looked at them, the board looked at them, we prayed about it, we fasted over it, and it really came down to that. Now, um, if you would, 
can you bring up our website? This was a confirmation for us when we looked at what is, what is our vision and go right to our website and it's right there. It's reaching all people by all means. And can you scroll down just a little bit? I don't know if you got it set. Oh, here we go. Okay. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Mark 16, 15. It's right there. This was not coordinated. We took this as confirmation that all nations was the correct name. It got down to just a couple names. But really, this is what we decide upon. Um, we think it's God-led. We think it fits right with what we're trying to do and where God's leading us. So thank you very much, and God bless. Thank you. Tom, would you come back, please? So this is the way the process works, because there's always a process, right? We've actually been in process for over a year coming to this point. The second part of the process is we want you to have a part in this as well. So on December the 22nd, we'll be doing a voice vote for this rebranding. One under, you'd understand we're not doing away with Christian Heritage Church. Our corporate structure will always be Christian Heritage Church of Tallahassee, Florida, Inc. We are doing a DBA, All Nations Church. It's simply doing business as rebranding so that we can reach those that we have isolated for one reason or another. Now, I want you to understand that there are many, many good years in the history of this church. We don't want to throw those away. We don't want to cover them up or ignore them. Matter of fact, the church is 106 years old this year. That's pretty amazing to survive that long. And just as when Joshua led the Israelites across the Jordan River, the Lord commanded him to tell the priest, each one, one from each tribe, to take a stone, a boulder from the bottom of the river. And when they got to the other side, they built a memorial so they could always look back and remember what God had done for Israel. So there's great value in remembering and looking back. But folks, if all Israel did was sit there and look back at that stones, they would have never taken the promised land. They would have never moved into what God had provided for them. It's up to you and I to understand today that yes, we are so thankful for those who have went before us, for the heritage that really is ours. But if we're gonna take a city, if we're gonna influence a nation, if we're gonna see change of the world, we have gotta start looking forward. We've gotta see what's ahead of us, recognizing that God's promise is marching forward and it's now our responsibility to follow the spirit of truth wherever he leads us. If you will commit yourself, I'm not asking you to commit to this rebranding, I'm asking you to commit to taking the gospel to all the world to being one who's used by God to take that message to the ethnos, to the globe, to every inhabited place on the planet. Now maybe that means across the street. Maybe that means the cubicle next to you at work. Maybe that means your family member or your good friend that you bowl with or play tennis with. I don't know what it means to you. I know what it means to me. But if you're willing to take that command seriously and follow the spirit of truth in taking the nation, the gospel to all nations, right where you're at, would you simply stand with me? I'm in. I'm in. 
I'll do it. Whatever God asks of me, I'm in. I will take the gospel to my world, to my ethnos, to that inhabited place around me. Bow your heads with me. Father, you see these individuals who are committing to your kingdom, to your work, to your will. We're committing to following the spirit of truth. We're committing to taking the gospel to every ethnos, every ethnic group. We are committing to being the people who display Jesus around us every day. And because we are committing to following the spirit of truth, we're shedding lies, laying down preferences, pushing aside ideologies, all for the purpose and the pursuit of Jesus Christ and His will. Now over the next few weeks, give us guidance, direction, and wisdom. Reveal your will to us. Prove to us that you still desire that we reach all nations with this powerful gospel. And Lord, I pray that this week, you provide opportunities for every person that is standing to their feet. Provide opportunities for them to speak life into someone's life. For them to speak hope into someone's life. For them to bring guidance and direction from the spirit of truth to someone else who desperately needs it. And Lord, we believe that as we conclude 2019, we can look forward to the greatest year in the history of this church in 2020. That we're going to see you do amazing and mighty things because your people commit to following the spirit of truth. Not my will, not my ideology, but Holy Spirit. Now Holy Spirit, rule and reign in this place. I pray for those who need to lay aside some lies, who need to shed some ideologies, who needs some bad habits, bad behaviors broken off their life. I pray that you would touch them right now. Set them free to follow you, Holy Spirit. Do a work that's deep, that's abiding, that is unchanging in their lives today. And now I bless your people with truth. We pour Holy Spirit into their hearts and bless them with truth. I pray it in the name that is above every name. Aren't you glad this morning that we can follow the spirit of truth? That he leads us, he guides us, he directs us, and he never makes a mistake. He's never wrong. He reveals God's will to us. Would you say to someone before you leave this morning, I'm committed to following Holy Spirit. Confirm that to someone around you. Make that commitment to someone next to you. I'm committed to following Holy Spirit. Be back Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. We'll see you right here. God bless you. And we're glad you were here this morning. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. 
a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.